Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 201. So most alcohol, especially red wine, we're told red wine's supposed to be good for us, right? Well, right. red wine is very high in fructans, and it can feed yeast in the gut. And it can also raise internal estrogen levels. So not great, especially for women going through menopause. So what we do, believe it or not, is we actually recommend tequila. Yeah. Being gluten-free. Ah, I like that one. 
Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Leslie Durso. Leslie, thanks for co-hosting. Thank you for having me here. I love being here. I love it when you're here. You're such a ray of sunshine. Oh, you're so sweet. You're my sunshine. Oh, <laughs> so much love in this room. All right, we are back today with my favorite functional medicine doctor. You remember him from episode 186. He practices naturopathic medicine, orthomolecular medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, functional medicine. And after more than 18 years of study, over 3,000 books of research and having practiced in clinics all over the world, he believes that each form of medicine has real merit and that's why all forms must be used. So working with him, you couldn't have a better advocate by your side with all of that knowledge and education. So excited to have Dr. Stephen Cabral back on the show. Yeah, he's awesome. And Dr. Cabral's mission is to help you go from a state of chronic sickness, pain, weight gain, and depression and suffering to one of energy, vitality, and happiness. Oh, and who doesn't want to be more happy? Don't we all want that? I mean, that's the goal of my life. I think that's the goal of our listeners' lives. But before we get to our interview with Steve, can we talk about Italy? Yes! Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I can feel the warm sunshine rays on my skin and I can smell the delicious Italian food cooking and I can see the beautiful sunset into the Adriatic Sea as we speak. Oh. I cannot wait to be there with you. I am so excited, Leslie. And you have done retreats in Italy so many times and this will be my first time. So tell us what we can expect. And Food Heals Nation, you know you're invited, so come on and sign up. But tell us what we can expect. Uh, yes, I hope you can all join. I mean, really what you can expect is a full immersion into the Italian culture and lifestyle. Mm. We're going to be just chilling out. It's about taking the time to just slow down, relax, be with a group of like-minded women, having an incredibly fun, adventurous, spirited experience. I mean, I can't even <laughs> use any more terms to describe this. But in the fun of it, they'll be hiking, they'll be swimming, they'll be boating, they'll be food, obviously. Obviously. Uh, there'll be just joy and happiness and celebration and everything that is the Italian lifestyle. And that's why I love doing retreats there. I am Italian, but I really just love the lifestyle that they have there. And so you can just kind of sink in, kind of turn your phone off. We're on different time zones. You don't have to worry about getting work done and being stressed and getting back to people. You can just ease into this beautiful relaxation. Well, that's one of the things I'm most excited about because I feel like a lot of us are living by the smartphone and I am definitely guilty of that as much as I'm trying to create in the world. It takes a lot to run this business and to run our lives. And so I'm really looking forward to kind of the disconnection. While I still will be taking tons of photos on Instagram. You'll, you'll still be using your phone yeah, as a camera. Exactly. It but just I'm, won't be ringing constantly. Exactly. And that's what I can't wait for, just the relaxation part and the immersion into that Italian culture and the food. Because I feel like a lot of people go on vacation and they usually gain weight. But most people that go to Italy actually lose weight because the quality of the food is so much better. We, I know we have an organic organic farm like on the on property yeah of where we'll be staying there's an organic farm and not to mention where we're staying Ravello is built into the hillside so mm -hmm. not only will we be eating very clean and very healthy and very beautiful food but we'll also be doing quite a bit of walking and hiking <laughs> and stairs and adventuring and all of those things will lead you to feel so much better at the end of this retreat yeah so it's going to be a rejuvenation so I'm super excited about it I can't wait to join Food Heals Nation in Italy with Susie, with Leslie. And one of the best parts about retreats and conferences and all of these things are the friendships and the bonds that we make. Some of the people I've met out of town in a beautiful spot, whether it be Palm Springs all the way to Ireland, 
have become some of my closest friends. And that's one of the parts that I'm really looking forward to. 100%. I cannot wait to meet all of you. Yes. All right. Go to foodhealsnation.com. You can click on Italy or you can go to www.foodhealsnation.com slash Italy. Download our brochure. You can just email me, ask me your questions, info at foodhealsnation.com. Limited spots remain. Sign up today. Next up, our interview with Dr. Cabral. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. His podcast, The Cabral Concept, will help you discover how to improve your wellness, weight loss, and anti-aging goals through direct, actionable steps. Welcome, Dr. Cabral. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun to be here. You're welcome. And I know you say we can call you Steve, but I just have to, in the intro, say, Dr. Cabral. Either way, it works. Very (laughs) fancy. Still the same person. It's very fancy. (laughs) Perfect. So I love, there's one thing that you say, and you've been here before. So for anyone who's listening, go back and listen to his first episode where we really cover your story of healing yourself and how all of these doctors couldn't figure out what's wrong with you. And that's how you discovered alternative medicine and multiple modalities of healing. So please go back and listen to that episode. But what I love that you say is that there can't be any ego in medicine. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, that, that's actually a, a huge thing for me to this day because a lot of times you'll get medical doctors who are brilliant, right? They're brilliant, but they really are against any form of natural medicine. Even though the research, hundreds of thousands of studies, prove that vitamin deficiencies or toxicities such as estrogen-based metabolites, excess, that these are real things that the body has to deal with. So essentially, the way that people get sick is they either have some type of deficiency or they have some type of toxicity. That's essentially it. I know that that's at its simplest form, but if we can replace the deficiencies, which are the amino acids, their proteins, their essential fatty acids, vitamins, and minerals, if we can replace what they're missing and we can start to remove those toxicities, whether it be excess hormones or you know BPA-based plastics, anything that can affect the body, we can essentially heal anything that's out there right now. So in my opinion... I think it would be a great world if everyone could have an MD as well as a natural-based practitioner, whether it's an ND or great chiropractor or a great uh, functional medicine doctor. So that's why I believe that um, there's, there's enough space for everyone in this field. I totally agree. And I do have multiple doctors and they all serve a perfect function to help me with my total wellness. Agreed. And well, the truth is this, right? So a medical doctor doesn't go to school to help chronic-based diseases. And we call it disease of the body because that's all it is. It's your symptom. So if you have rheumatoid arthritis or Hashimoto's or an autoimmune-based issue, those are all symptoms. So when you're given a prescription to treat the symptom, you're never going to get better. And the goal of conventional medicine is never to get better. Like you're just going to be on a medication. If you have high cholesterol, you'll never get off a statin ever. So then in that, those are all chronic-based illnesses, joint pain, migraines. So your job then is to find a natural health practitioner that was trained in how to look for the underlying root causes. Because a medical doctor, that's not their schooling, right? So we can't ask them to find the underlying root causes. Their job is in acute-based circumstance. Let's say someone's suicidal. Well, in that case, does antidepressants make sense? Yes. Like that makes total sense. Or what if you're having a heart attack? Do you want to go to your natural health practitioner or do you want to go to the emergency room? You go to the emergency room, right? So we're looking at acute-based versus chronic-based. And so that's why I just believe there's enough room for everybody. I mean, this is so eye-opening because obviously you're preaching to the choir with Leslie and I, but I was the person who did not have any concept of this or any understanding of this. If we are suffering from chronic disease, the body can heal itself if given the tools it needs to do so, but we don't always know how to give it the tools and very often drugs and medication and all these things are not the tools. So what are some of the tools that you help provide for your clients that helps them actually overcome something that they've been told they're going to have for the rest of their lives? Sure. And that, that's the issue is that in the short term, the drugs actually make you to feel better. I mean, they, they really fill a need that your body is off, like it's off balance. So we always look at it as like a teeter-totter, right? So it's always trying to find homeostasis or equilibrium. But in the long run, those drugs don't work anymore. They really don't. The statins stop working or the antidepressants stop working. And so then what do you do? Well, you switch to a different drug or you make it stronger. But what happened is the whole time you're creating a deeper imbalance in the body. So really, I mean, you have to look at, okay, short term, do whatever you need. But in the long term, you need to fix this. So what we do is something called functional medicine testing. So right now, when you go to your MD, you're going to do blood work, which is great. I mean, run your annual blood work. But I did a show on this, why running your annual blood work isn't enough. And it's because it does not look at the free hormones, 
typically you're never testing those. For women, there's a lot of estrogen dominance out there and it's causing lowered mood. It's causing weight gain, more like puffiness of the body rather than just body fat itself. It's causing acne. It's like all of these different things. And that's related to what's called estrogen dominance. And that happens when the body's too stressed. We start to raise cortisol levels up and what happens is it starts to steal progesterone, right? So estrogen stays normal, progesterone lowers, you get all of the symptoms of estrogen imbalance. So what we can do is we can actually test those things, right? So we can test that, we can look at cortisol, we can look at thyroid. A lot of people right now are dealing with thyroid-based issues. Very, very common in my practice. The problem is that thyroid is almost always secondary to your stress hormones because it's metabolism-based, right? So if you're stressed, your body thinks you're in fight or flight, it thinks it's in a survival-based situation, it's going to lower metabolism because it wants you to survive on less calories. It's going to basically conserve circulation so you get cold hands, get cold feet. Like all of this is normal. This is how the body's supposed to operate. But if you run the functional medicine tests, uh, if you do things like looking at your gut, if you have digestive-based issues, well, we can see if there's candida overgrowth, there's small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, there's H. pylori. And again, I really believe that if people are willing to go to that level, they can figure out anything that's wrong with them. I'm speechless. <laughs> What's you that? <laughs> well, I, I 100% totally agree. And I also have been told that blood tests are really a slice of your normal year. And it, your blood looks very different at different times of your life, depending on stress, what you're eating, how you're feeling that day. And so it, you can't take one blood test and find the finite answer for everything that's wrong with you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's actually a really good point to bring up is that you actually, and a lot of people don't know this, when you run your blood work, you should run it between eight and 10 in the morning. So if you just had two meals and you had a you know, sandwich or piece of pizza and you go test your cholesterol, it's going to be quite high. Mm, yeah. but Especially if there was meat in that. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, and so we, we look, we always test the hormones in the morning. Um, that That's just one. But the other thing, just like you said, it's blood is a homeostatic fluid, which means that it will literally rob from your tissues to get what it needs in terms of minerals or literally whatever that it needs. So the problem is this, is that the outside is suffering, the tissues are suffering and the blood still looks good. So if you wait till your blood works off and you actually get then diagnosed with the disease, it was years in the making. So when I talk about my book called The Rain Barrel Effect, what I'm talking about is it's just over years these things are building up. So it's the lack of sleep, it's the stress, it's the you know going to grad school or starting a family. Uh, it's all of those things. And then it's eating poorly. And then one day you start to overflow and that's when you see the symptoms. That's when the blood work is off. But if you had looked before that, you would have seen all of the different things building up. And the only way, of course, to reverse that is then, as we say, to empty that rain barrel is to start to pull things out. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Switch over to your book. Tell us about the rain barrel effect. So the rain barrel effect is essentially how I practice. And so that's what we're talking about right now. The first half is how we got here. And what it is, is it's the accumulation. So a lot of times we want for nothing, right? We have for the most of us in industrialized, the industrialized world, we have all the food we want. We have alcohol, we have antibiotics, we have all the drugs, we have all these different things, but we're also very stressed. So we have the lack of sleep, which then again, raises the stress hormones. So it's this gradually filling up of a rain barrel, of a bucket. And I was, I was fortunate enough to really find out about this whole thing just in passing when I was in allergist office at about 18, 19 years old. And they said that the only time you get allergies, and that's why we kind of feel it seasonally, is when that barrel's full. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to decrease the total toxic load, so it's actually called the total toxic load in the body, then we no longer have those symptoms of whatever disease it is. It's why like, you know, sometimes you feel great and sometimes you don't. Well, what's your total toxic load that day? Did you not get sleep the night before? Did you, you know, have one too many drinks? You know, whatever it might be. And you don't feel as well the next day because your body is trying to get back to homeostasis. Yeah. It's trying to empty that rain barrel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of again, so we are cheersing today because we just had um, Sophie on for our 200th episode. And Dr. Cabral, you are 201. 201. 201. And, and, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And you're here in person, which our first, because you practice in Boston and we met in Puerto Rico. So we've never been in LA together. So this is fabulous. But can you talk a little bit about, and I'm going to drink my champagne while you talk about it, but can you talk about alcohol? And if we're not an alcoholic, but we want to be as healthy as possible, what is the best alcohol we can consume? Or if we have a chronic disease, do we need to completely cut that out? Can you kind of break that down a little bit? Yeah, that's that's actually a really good question. I don't think I've been asked that uh, specifically before, but I do talk about it in my practice all the time. Yeah. So in the beginning, when you're trying to heal your body, let's say you've been diagnosed with a disease, whether it's high cholesterol, high blood pressure, autoimmune, psoriasis, you name it. 
first heal that disease. Do everything that you can, because I believe most people can heal within about 12 to 16 weeks. And that's incredible, by the way. Say that again. So... And the reason 12 why, to 16 12 weeks. To 16 weeks. <laughs> so three to four months, people are like, well, that's a long time. Well, really, three to four months, though, if you've been suffering for years, that's not that bad. So People we'll, are on chemotherapy for longer than that. Well, I you're, mean, you're talking about chronic disease, right? I'm talking about all the autoimmune and, yeah. and the, the yeah. high cholesterol, the high blood pressure. Because yes. what we're really looking to do is get really serious for a period of 12 to 16 weeks. And now... This is actually talked about in Ayurvedic medicine. I didn't really make the connection until a couple of years ago, but what happens is, and we know this through, all, all this is, of course, science-based, is all the red blood cells in your body turn over every 90 to 120 days. That's about three to four months. As those new red blood cells turn over, your mitochondria have hopefully been replenished to a greater level. You're going to have more energy. You'll have more nutrients in each of the cells, whether it's vitamin C, copper, magnesium, B12, folate, all of those things. And so you're literally regenerating your body. Now, I'm not saying that you may be completely better, but you feel better, right? You have the lack of symptoms now. So you've started to, again, drain that, right? Drain that barrel. And then what we want to do is this. We want to then continue the process. But at this point now, you're feeling well and you say, okay, once a week, I'm going to do a cheat meal and I'm going to have a couple of drinks. I'm going to go with my friends. I'm going to have a great time, all of those things. So first of all, we teach people have a great time without alcohol. Like yeah. you can do that. <laughs> right? And one of my favorite things is, and I'll still do this to this day, is I'll have a like a Pellegrino with a splash of cranberry or pineapple and a squeeze of lime. And it feels like I'm drinking, right? So it's a good, because I don't always need like, I can go out, have a good time, don't need that drink. But I will say there are times where like, yeah, I want to have a couple of drinks. So this is especially important, especially for people on gut-based protocols. So most alcohol, especially red wine, we're told red wine is supposed to be good for us, right? Well, right. red wine is very high in fructans, and it can feed yeast in the gut. And it can also raise internal estrogen levels. So not great, especially for women going through menopause. So what we do at Believe in Rod is we actually recommend tequila. Tequila yeah. being gluten-free. Oh, I knew you like that one. <laughs> I work in Mexico. Oh, there you go. So, so being gluten-free and then also not containing as much fructose or fructin. So it's not going to feed that gut bacteria to the same level. So it's cleaner, a little stronger, right? So that is actually what we recommend. Or at least a clear-based alcohol, maybe like a, a gluten-free um, vodka. Well, I think Tito's is one of the gluten-free brands. And so there's a few out there. So that's how we kind of get people into it. And then we say, how did you feel the next day after one drink? If you felt okay, well, maybe you try two the next time. It's always testing your bioindividuality. Yeah. Meaning we don't always know what's going to work for you. We need to test that, try it out. And I say, I felt great. Okay, good. But if you do it two nights in a row, that may then again overflow and you might not feel as well. So it's also a process. What you can do after the six weeks or 12 weeks will be different six months from then because you'll be getting even healthier. And that's where I feel like finally, maybe it was like four or five years ago, I got to that point where I could go a night without sleep. I could travel to India and I wouldn't be sick again. I wouldn't get the sinus infections. I could have alcohol and not feel run down. And over time, your body gets healthier. Yeah. And what about, and I know Leslie has these too. Can you guys give us some travel tips for when you're on an airplane or when you're traveling overnight? And I personally know for myself that if I'm not treating my body so well during that travel time, I will literally the next day feel hungover without ever having a drink, but I'll feel so run down. And so I have my strategies to keep myself as healthy as possible. But what are some of the things that you both recommend for really feeling good while you're traveling? Yeah, I'd love to hear your your tips. Well, people look at me like I'm crazy and then the flight attendants always high five me. My first thing that I always do when I enter an airplane is I whip out my antibacterial wipes and I wipe down the entire seat, the seatbelt, the tray okay, table, the yeah. window, everything that I might touch because those planes are never cleaned. Yeah. And so you're basically just sitting in a bed of somebody else's bacteria. So that's the first thing that I do. <laughs> and then I, before a flight, I always try and get a really good night of sleep. I always try and not have any alcohol 24 hours before I get on a flight. Drink a ton of water. Because it's very dehydrating to fly. It's very dehydrating to fly. And then in the air, I well, I don't drink caffeine at all anyways, but you should never drink anything that's going to dehydrate you in the air. So as no well, coffee on the plane. Coffee or alcohol on the plane is usually not good. That being said, I do have a glass of wine on a long haul flight so I can go to sleep. Yes, it does help <laughs> fall asleep. I agree. <laughs> well, it helps me. I don't know about everybody, but that's definitely what I do. But uh, yeah, I just try and be, why well, I try and be clean with my diet in my life all the time. But I travel, you know, I'm on an airplane almost every week. And yeah. so those are some of the main things that I do. Those are all great. You're right. I mean, dehydration is one of the biggest ones. So when your body's dehydrated, 
there's less of a mucosal layer and the mucosal layer goes all the way from the nose all the way down your digestive tract. And it's also in your skin as well. Now the, the mucosal layer contains something called secretory IgA. It's your first line immune cell defense. If that's why when we get dehydrated, especially with the nasal passages, we allow those microbes into the nose. So what we want to do is absolutely stay very, very hydrated. What I try to do as well is two main things. I don't try to get like overly worried about it because then I'll, I'll, I will literally make myself sick. Yeah, right? stress. <laughs> totally. So there's that stress, right? So what I do, and a lot of times leaving Boston, they're just super early flights. So I have to be up at 4 a.m. to get out, like especially out here across the country. So what I do is two to three days before I start to ramp up my immune system. So I start to increase my dosage of vitamin C. Yeah. I increase my dosage of zinc and not, I don't, don't go overboard. And then I just make sure that I am eating pretty cleanly. I'll do a lot more uh, juices, fresh juices as well. And then when I get on the flight, I typically fast about 12 hours, 13 hours overnight, but I'll do a longer fast on a flight. I won't eat till probably lunch. I don't do that all the time. But what I'm doing is I'm allowing now my energy not to be used for digestion, but to be used to fight all the people coughing all over me. And like Leslie said, all the bacteria and the flame retardants, like those seats are covered in toxins. Yeah. And no one ever tells you that. And then if you go on an international flight, they spray bug spray. I don't know if you know, that's what it is. It's an antibacterial. It's a, it's a pesticide because they don't want people bringing bugs into different countries. Oh, yeah, and so you're gross. breathing in essentially yep. deep. And yeah. so, so toxic for the body. So what I do is I give my body the best chance, the best frontline defense of healing on its own. Again, like even as a naturopathic doctor, I do things to help people, but never would I ever say that I'm the one to heal them. It's their body, right? So I put their body in position to heal. And then when I land, that's when I have my first real meal. I'll never eat airplane food, like never, because it's nuked, it's whatever, yeah. it's been sitting there with preservatives. So I'll bring my own, I'll bring fresh fruit. I might bring a bottled juice that I can get, you know, after I go through security, any one of those things. So that's what I do. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part is I can't bring my alkaline water or anything like that because they make you throw it away. It's only if an airport happens to have a healthy drink option that you can get it. That's really unfortunate. But I must have learned this for you because what I do is my overdose on my zinc and overdose on my vitamin C, which I also well, do. Now don't overdose. That's a dangerous <laughs> word. Do not overdose. I you take more up, than usual. You pump up more. the amount that you take. Yes. You don't want to overdose on vitamin C yes. or zinc. So sorry, poor choice of words, but that's how I view it. I'm just like, take some more, take some more, take some more. And then that's what I do also if I feel a tickle in my throat or anything like that. Anything to avoid, and I will never do this again, but like an antibiotic or something like that. Uh, and I'll bring my own. So like I will bring natural. So we have something just called the adult immune protocol. And essentially it's grapefruit seed extract. It's echinacea. It's oregano. You know, so it's yep. those types of things. So if I do feel something where, you know, this whole week has been me I'm doing interviews. With I mean, imagine if I lost my voice or I was sick. Yeah. That would be just a whole waste, right? And so a lot of times I'm just, I'm traveling to speak and those types of things. So you have to keep yourself healthy. And a lot of time it's prophylactic. You're doing it ahead of time. Yep. And even if you feel that little tickle, that little dryness, just go right after it. Why not? So like I said, as long as you don't overdose, right? Then you're, you're only doing things to ramp up your immune system anyways. It's totally fine. And you're, you're doing it for what, three to five days? And then you're going to just bring it back down. 100%. All right. Well, I want to talk about well care because we always talk about what to do when we're sick and when we're not feeling well, and we have all these symptoms. So what about if we're feeling good right now and we want to maintain that? How can we increase our homeostatic capacity so that we're constantly feeling this great? Yeah, it's a really great point. Why wait till you're sick, right? Or yeah. why wait till you have that disease? So I believe in a foundational based program. So right now people say like, oh, you know, I don't really need supplements. I'm going to get it all through food. And I commend that. Like that's how I want to live my okay, life. Because that's what I <laughs> <laughs> That's how I live life. Uh, but the, the truth is when we test people's levels, it's hard to extract that much nutrition. And that's because the digestive system is so weak for a lot of people. Now, again, not for everyone, but if we're talking about general listener, they try to eat well, but it's not always that great. There's a lot of stress. They're not getting that much sleep. What happens is you don't bring as much blood flow or hydrochloric acid to the stomach. You can't break down protein as well, which is why is a lot of people do much better with plant-based protein for sure. Uh, it's just much easier to break down as well. Less toxicity, those types of things, but we won't get into that right now. Um, <laughs> and then what I say from there is most people do well on what's called a, a functional medicine multivitamin. So it's not a huge overdose like we're talking about, but it's enough B12, your B vitamins to fight stress. Uh, it's enough of your trace minerals that you may not get, like enough zinc, all those things. They're going to help just keep you at that homeostasis. But for the most part, what I recommend is the foundation's always food. So we look there first because even if you're having the best nutritional supplements in the world, they're, they're not going to be enough if you're not getting the phytonutrients that we can't reproduce in plants, right? 
So we need the fruits and vegetables. They're not the enemy. Carbs are not the enemy. And then we're, we're going to go from there. So then it's like bio-individual. Well, do you need more sleep? Do you need to meditate more to reduce stress? So I have something called the de-stress protocol. And essentially, it's eight points. So a lot of people look at it, well, I, I came to you and I want a nutritional supplement for my cholesterol. And that's called green medicine. So we don't give you niacin just because it works for cholesterol instead of a statin. What we want to do is like, hey, why the inflammation? Why the hormone imbalance? Why the extra cholesterol? We look at that. We look at it through genetics. So supplements is one of the eight parts of the protocol. And then it's diet, it's exercise, it's stress reduction. It's also healing your emotions. I've seen some people where they cannot heal their body until they overcome some type of emotional-based trauma. And it's very fundamental when you look at that. What's happening is it's actually affecting the hormones. It's affecting their nervous system, which then affects their immune system. And you can't truly heal until you work on the whole person. Right, exactly. And I see that with a lot of my overweight and obese um, people that I work with, is that so much of it stems from emotional issues and not necessarily physical issues. And they may not be overeating. Like, that's the thing. I think it's unfair to look at people and they may be 30 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds overweight and say, oh, you should just eat better. You should exercise more. Well, what if they are? Like, then what? Then we say, like, you should eat even less. You should exercise even more. No, that's not that's not the right thing to say. It's, it's looking at the whole person, understanding that this person is not able to lose weight like everyone else or a lot of other people. So we say, well, what's wrong in their particular instance? Well, usually then it might be higher levels of inflammation, weakened gut function, lowered thyroid, and all of that can be fixed. And how long is your waiting list these days? So the nice thing is I have an amazing team that can work with people within, you know, two or three week period of them applying uh, to the practice. My wait list is probably about two months to three months now. But, you know, the other thing is, and we were chatting about before the show is I believe that the future of medicine is not having to ask a doctor or a practitioner to be able to test yourself for all of these things. I truly believe that because I believe that there's a lot of people who are embarrassed or vulnerable or don't have the confidence to ask their doctor, hey, would you mind running my, not just my TSH, that looks normal, but could you run my T3? Could you run my T4? Could you run my t my TPO antibodies for thyroid? And the doctor's like, oh, you don't need to look at that. Like they might be really short with them. Well, you should be able to run that on your own. So what we do is our on our online, we call it just our online practice. People can order those anywhere in the world. They can just simple prick of the finger for their blood. They can do a urine-based test, a saliva test, or a little bit of hair. And what we're looking at, again, are the different tissues of the body. So we're looking at, you know, the best place to test hormones is the blood. So we can do a finger prick. We can test foods sensitivities that way. Looking at gut motility and we're looking at might be gut permeability, we'll run a urine test, right? Is it coming out in the urine? Because your urine is essentially filtered blood. And then a stool test, we can test for H. pylori and parasites. So all of these things can be done. You can purchase them. And again, you don't need anyone's permission, which I like, right? Because I went through all this myself. I mean, that's the whole thing. So now it's me just saying, how can we get to this to people at all different levels? Meaning that, yes, if they just want to implement things, then they can take all the great tips from what we're talking about now on the nutrition and the, the, you know, boosting the immune system. But then the next level might be to actually run some labs. And you can do that even without applying to the practice. You can just purchase the lab online. They get the results. I read them over, actually. I give my recommendation because I can read hundreds of the labs a week. And then my health coach will do a coaching call with them. So Now, would you recommend that for anyone, even somebody that's well, just so they can kind of see where they're at and baseline? Yeah, that's a great question as well. So I have something called, I call my big five. And now, obviously, there's a cost to these. That's the unfortunate part is that health insurance will not cover wellness. Mm -hmm. And it will not cover you trying to stay well or uncover something that isn't necessarily a disease. It only looks at blood work and then pharmaceuticals, right? Because you need a code. You need the special little code that says, hey, this person came in with this, so we're going to prescribe this or they need this blood mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. So my big five are essentially looking at the hormones called thyroid hormone adrenal, organic acids test to look at gut function, mitochondrial function, B, so all your vitamin levels, really, really important. Then we run food sensitivity. We, I'm putting me on the spot to think of all these right now. <laughs> and omega-3 to look at inflammation from omega-6 levels to omega-3s. The average American is 18 to 1. And if you just get your omega-3s to about a 3 to 1 from omega omega sixes to omega threes, you actually have a 90% risk reduction rate for cardiovascular death. 
Wow. It's the number one test that people should run. Nobody's running it. Wow. And, and it's so simple because even if you have high cholesterol, everyone in your family has high cholesterol, whatever you want to say is that if you could just get your omega-3 levels up, well, now you don't have that arterial stiffness. So now the blood can flow through the arteries. So it's much less likely that you're going to have a heart attack. It's just absolutely amazing. Best uh, food to consume to get more omega-3s. If you are not vegan, it's going to be sardines, hands down, that's number one. And then number two, well, number two would be like a, a non-GMO wild salmon. And it's crazy that we have to say non-GMO salmon now, right? I mean, yeah. and how if do you, you genetically modify it? And then if you're vegan, you're going to look to your chia seeds and your flax seeds, mm-hmm. uh, algae as and well. And ground flax seeds, right? Not whole flax seeds? Well, easier to digest, easier to extract it. So chia seeds has about a 6% conversion to eat because you're trying to get it down to EPA. That's the thing. So getting it from plant-based ALA is going to be a little bit more challenging, but you can do it. So chia seeds, about a 6%, flax seeds, about a 14% conversion. And then you can also use algae omega. So algae is a vegan-based omega-3. You just take it a little higher dosage, and then you'll be able to raise those EPA and DHA levels up. So a great way to do it. Remember, there's really something for everybody. There is. And that's Mm -hmm. the nice thing is that you don't have to compromise who you are or your values in order to get well. Yep, absolutely. And I love that because wherever you are in your diet and your lifestyle and whatever you're doing, you can get well. And I think that's such an important point. So can you talk about that in terms of like the range of patients that you could see? Like you could see someone who could be at death's door. You could also see someone who's like, I'm generally healthy, but I don't feel good. Can you talk about the range of of what you can kind of I don't want to use the word cure because the FDA frowns on that, but heal. (laughs) I would never use that word. Help the body, help them help their bodies heal. Sure. And so that is the thing. People always ask me, have you ever worked with someone with this? Yeah. Have you ever cured this? Yeah. And I always say, well, first of all, as a naturopath, I don't cure anything. Right. And I don't work on treating disease. Right. But it's also because I don't believe in disease. You're not in disease management business. No. And, and I, honestly, what you call disease, I call symptoms. So if you're talking about rheumatoid arthritis, well, I'm talking about someone with joint pain. You want to give it a name? Totally fine. But I'm now I'm talking about the immune cells. So they're called CD8 cells attacking the joints. Mm-hmm. Well, why would CD8 cells ever attack the joints? We, we can figure that out. Are they seeing bacteria in those cells? Because if they are, well, then that's a normal process of the immune system, wanting to destroy cells in the body that it finds foreign bacteria in. That's not abnormal. And we know that 90% of all autoimmune-based issues stem from the gut. It stems from some type of intestinal-based permeability. So we can look to the gut. We can begin to rebalance the gut. We can seal up the gut. And we can help people with that. So going back to your question, uh, Leslie, as well, is that there's a lab for different conditions, though. So if you come in with gut-based issues, we're going to run an organic acids test, a stool test, and a food sensitivity test. Or if we have to just run one, we'll pick one, which is usually the organic acids test. Someone who's generally healthy, well, what do you feel that you lean towards? Like when you're not at your best, do you lean towards some bloating or do you lean towards more higher stress? If that's the case, we'll run an adrenal hormone test. Overall health, well, we'll run your annual blood work, of course. We'll also run your omega-3 test. And then we might even get in genetic testing. So here's how it works in in practice in, in a nutshell. If someone has to lose weight, we help them lose weight first. Because as you help someone lose weight, the whole body begins to heal in a lot of cases, right? So why not start there? And then if they're not healed, then we'll work on wellness specific. And then if they're well, well, now we're going to work on anti-aging. And anti-aging would be looking at your genetics, looking at your telomere levels, and and kind of saying like, okay, how great can I make this body? How much can I optimize it? And that's what we'll take it to. Okay, let's go into um, weight loss and detox. And let's do that Facebook Live. Is that cool? I'm ready. Dr. Steve, you said something super interesting, which is a lot of times you'll start with a patient and you'll start with weight loss because what happens is they end up healing other ailments and chronic conditions. So can you tell us some good weight loss tips, some detox tips, how to get started and do it the right way, not the crash diet way? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's the, is the right way to do it because it's the only way that's sustainable. So a lot of people can lose weight in the short term, but they can't keep it off because you just can't keep up with three hours a day of cardio or exercise taking down your carbohydrates very, very low. Or even, you know, the biggest thing right now is keto, right? Yeah. But it's not sustainable for most people. And for a certain subsect of, uh, especially women, it lowers thyroid. So now you, after about two months, three months, you've lowered your thyroid, you've lowered your metabolism, you can no longer go back to the 1,600, 1,800 calories, 2,000 a day, because now your body's surviving on 1,000 calories a day. And your body's not able to utilize those carbohydrates in the same way. So what we do is we just try to do it from a real world perspective. 
love. And we also try to crowd out. So we don't want to deprive people. What we want to do is we want to crowd out the bad food. So if we start nourishing their body, especially like with a smoothie in the morning, and you put in some wild blueberries and raspberries and cherries, these low glycemic fruits, Yum. and you put some greens in there. And you, you made a smoothie, I remember when the first time we met, which was amazing. That's right. <laughs> and so if you can nourish the body with all these phytonutrients from plants, from basically vegetables and fruits and all those things, and good fiber, you're going to be satiated. You're not even going to go after as much coffee because your body's so hydrated and, yeah. and energized with those nutrients. And then at the same time, I always like to tell people, you don't need to be eating all day long. You can take three, four hours, five hours between a meal, allow your body to digest. You'll actually expend less energy since about 30% of all our energy goes towards digestion. And then your body will actually start to get naturally hungry again. That's the time to feed it more good food, nourish it, allow your body to digest and burn body fat between meals. So I'm a big advocate of crowding out the bad with more good yeah. rather than just saying, hey, let's just stop eating, right? Or let's deprive the body of these things. I, I this is totally so agree. This totally is, agree. Eat while you're hungry. This is my favorite topic right now. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because I think I've been on this health journey for so long and every few years I'm like, I got it. I figured it out. And then every few years I get a new light bulb moment and then I figured it out for whatever it was. Okay, so hi guys. Um, so I think that this was a wake up call for me. And that was like you said, we don't have to be eating all the time because I was told by a wellness holistic health practitioner, not as wise as Dr. Cabral, but I was told that I had low blood sugar and therefore I had to eat every few hours. Like I needed to be grazing all day long. And then I'm wondering why am I still feeling fatigued? Why am I still getting bursts of energy? And then I want to take a nap, right? And this is sans coffee, but it's the same feeling as you have some coffee, you feel great, and then you crash. And that's how I was feeling. So this eating constantly wasn't working for me. And what I found for myself, and everyone's different, every body is different, but taking longer breaks, which can also be called intermittent fasting, but not extremely long breaks, but um, longer breaks, eating less. When I do eat, I only eat an abundance of the healthiest foods I can find. Like in front of us, we have some of the greatest plant-based cheese. We've got some gluten-free crackers. We've got fruits and vegetables. Um, we've also got Rice Krispie cheese <laughs> made by Sorry. Leslie Durso. Yay. I was experimenting this they're, morning. They're so but good. I totally agree. And I'm sure um, you would as well. Maybe. We'll see. But I really believe in listening to your body and eating when you're hungry and listening to it. Sometimes I need to eat four meals a day. Sometimes I need to eat one or two meals a day. I I really just listen to my body. It tells me when I'm hungry. It tells me what I'm craving. It tells me what I, I'm missing in my diet. It tells me everything if I just tap in and listen to it. Yeah. And, and I agree with that when you get to the level that you're also at because you're so knowledgeable, right? But a lot of people, when they have a craving, like my craving is for chocolate. Right. But is that chocolate craving for chocolate or is it the magnesium in chocolate? Or is it for the caffeine, that little bit of, of a mm -hmm. kick in chocolate? Like what is it? Or is it emotional because I just broke up with my boyfriend? and I Absolutely. need some sugar right? Right? in my can life. You, can you crave so, chocolate emotionally? You can you can crave comfort foods yes. that would boost <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> serotonin. So that's what I'm that's what we're looking at. And I always tell so a healthy craving is this. A healthy craving can be satiated by any healthy food. But if your craving is for a specific food, not a healthy food, a specific food, it is most likely anxiety-based mm -hmm. and emotional-based. You're not really hungry. What you're looking to do is calm your nerves by putting some comfort food in there that would then spike serotonin and dopamine and start to calm the body. Yeah. So we can look at it in a few different ways. I do agree that you have to get to the point where you understand your body, that you're listening to your body, where if you're starting to get run down and a little bit of sick, you actually do want to stop eating. You want to allow, again, for that energy to go towards the immune system. If your body's telling you not to eat, then you don't need to eat. However, keep in mind, if that's a, on a daily basis for you, well, then here's what's most likely going on is you're in a fight or flight or a sympathetic nervous system dominant state. And that means that your body's so ramped up in that SNS, that sympathetic nervous system dominance, that fight or flight, that your digestive system shut off because your body can't do everything at once. So you do have to know, like you have to take a little mental checklist, like where am I right now? Am I very, very stressed? All right, if I am, that doesn't mean eat a whole food, but I know that I need to calm down my body. Let me go for a walk. Let me grab a smoothie. It's easy to digest. You're turning on the parasympathetic nervous system, shutting down fight or flight by going for that walk or taking a yoga class. So I, I do think that we have to kind of uh, look at it from different areas. And as it, we're all on a health journey, right? And I know that this year, it shouldn't happen, right? But every year older I get, I'm in better health. So we're all on this health journey together. We really are. And I just think that as you learn more about your health and yourself, you'll be able to listen to more about those emotions and tune in.
And this is so important because I definitely fell into the trap of, okay, I'm not feeling well. I feel sick. Let me get on the couch and just eat some comfort food. But animals actually fast when they are sick because they innately understand that the body will heal itself during that fasting term. But what I discovered is that veterinarians don't know this. So I figured this whole thing out when my little doggy Jackson was a year and a half to two years old. And I believe that he ate something toxic. We're not fully sure what happened, but he went almost comatose. He couldn't walk. He lost all his functions and he was just in a a terrible state. So we take him to the emergency vet. We're like, oh my God, what happened? All of these things. So after three days of them doing every test under the sun and saying, well, it's not a brain aneurysm and it's not this and it's not that, they started saying, well, because he won't eat, it looks like, I don't remember her words, but essentially she was saying he may be dying and we need to talk about a permanent feeding tube for him to eat. That's when I lost it because I was like, no, he's healthy. He's only less than two years old. And I had to find another veterinarian who could help me, which I did. But the point is, is that they had no awareness that an animal would fast in order to heal. And all he needed was a few more days of not eating and healing himself. And so we brought him home. We broke him out of the vet that they were like, you have to watch him all night to make sure that he doesn't, you know, die. And we were like, we're willing to do that because I don't think what you're doing is working and it's thousands of dollars a day. So we bring him home and all I did was I took some little syringes and I would squirt a little green juice in his mouth, a little veggie broth in his mouth and lots of water because they said if he wasn't being hydrated, which is a needle in the back that you hydrate them through, that he could pass away. Well, two days later, I found a vet who gave me the hydration, taught me how to inject the needle into him and give him that hydration. He was fine and jumping up and down like a brand new dog in a couple of days. And where is he? Oh, he's in here. Oh, he's, oh, he's asleep. Cute, cute little guy. He's asleep on the yeah. floor. You may not be able to see him. I know. There he is. But there he is. He's a dream. And that taught me so much because I realized that animals fast in order to heal. And so why shouldn't humans? And then I started researching and finding out, oh, that's a thing too. Yeah. Like someone yeah. just said, you feed the cold, starve a fever. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No, and I, I agree. It's And if you can create the artificial fever, which Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine has been talking about for years, mm-hmm. you'll heal even faster. And that's one of the reasons why saunas are becoming so popular right yeah. now, whether it's infrared sauna or it's a regular sauna, or maybe it's just a hot bath. You get in a hot Epsom salt bath or in Ayurvedic medicine, they do a hot mustard uh, Mm -hmm. powder bath. So any of these things can work. And because what you're doing is if you increase the heat, the fever, like we're always told to suppress fevers, right? And you should suppress a fever if it's Mm life-threatening. But 100, 101 is not life-threatening. And so what happens is your body is naturally creating the fever. It's not messing up. And by increasing body temperature, you're improving the flow of white blood cells. Mm -hmm. So the actual exponential effect of getting more white blood cells to the infection or to the virus or bacteria, whatever's going on, is going to speed up. Plus, heat itself destroys viruses and microbes. So by creating that fever, back in the day, they used to do, they used to basically wrap you in this, this, you know, sheet, basically an ice cold sheet and let your body create its own fever against, so it's fighting against that cold. And these are all ways that we've forgotten. But even again, just looking at nature, we humans have become so disconnected from nature over the last 150 years. And that is why I went overseas to study as well, because I said, this whole thing, conventional medicine, great. It's great for acute-based issues, but it's not helping anybody to get well. It's not helping them rebalance their body. And when you start to look at the Eastern-based philosophies, what they're teaching about is bioindividuality, body types. They're teaching you how you are connected with nature. There's so many people out there that believe that they're night owls, that they should stay up till two in the morning. That is a broken diurnal rhythm. I mean, there are clinical studies that show nurses that work the overnight shift. They live on average seven to 10 years less. Wow. And it's because they're producing cortisol at the wrong time and they're not producing melatonin at the right time. So they're not getting the anti-cancer benefits and they need to actually decrease those cortisol levels starting around, well, I mean, actually cortisol peaks out around 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., starts to decrease over the course of the day and really drops out at 10 p.m. And that's why if we just put people outside in the tent, right, they would no longer be night owls. After about three weeks, you would go to sleep a couple hours after the sun sets. And you would, trust me, you'll wake up in a tent when that sun's rising. There's no way you're not waking up. So that will reset your diurnal rhythm and it will teach you that you are not a nocturnal animal, right? You can't see in the dark. You're not meant to be up all night long. 
Okay, this is really good for me because I am a self-proclaimed night owl and I'm like, I'm more creative <laughs> at night. I know you get up early though. Uh, no, no, no. I am an early riser. I'm an early to sleep person. But unfortunately, my battery is going. So we have to say goodbye, Instagram. Bye, Instagram. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Follow Dr. Stephen Cabral and Food Heals Nation and I'll catch you guys later. All right. So, but I want to keep going on this because I know there's people out there like me who are the creative types who go, well, I'm better at night. And and I do feel that way. And I believe what you're saying. And I agree with you. But then I also go, but I'm more fun at night. And I'm more creative at and night. I don't discount that. I just yeah. want to say that. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. But what, what would it do for me? Convince me that I should wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. every morning. So, and this has, again, been, been talked about for quite a long time. I did a show, a podcast called something like the Ayurvedic Times of the Day. Okay. And, and so what it shows it's is that from 10 p.m., to 2 a.m. is considered the pitta time. So everything has twice a day, right? Well, this pitta ramps up. So if you don't get into bed by 10 p.m., you'll typically get a second yep. wind. Yep. And you will start to feel more energy. Oh, I do fire, get a second the, wind. The fire okay. starts in you That's again right. yeah. at 10 p.m. So, but it's so okay. important that you're you're using that time to for liver detoxification, which is pitta. And that's why you don't want food in your stomach right before bed. Right. I definitely so. don't do that. And your sleep cycle actually starts at 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m. every day, I have an alarm on my phone that goes off. And that's when I have a cup of tea. I try and wind down my day around then. I try and stop answering as many emails yeah. and kind of do it. But the cup of tea is my like body signal that, that's okay, I love it's that. time yeah. to start slowing down. It's time to start slowing down. It's time to start slowing down. And then, yeah, I try and get in bed at 9.30 or earlier. Perfect. <laughs> I've had a long day. <laughs> um, yeah, and I will sleep every day. I never need an alarm clock to wake up ever. I just say, you know, wake up when I wake up. And I'm usually up at about 5, 5.30. Mm. Well, and that's, and it will change seasonally as well, right? So in the mm-hmm. winter, we need a little bit more sleep. Yeah. Yep. And in the summer, we need a little less because we will be naturally more energized with that sun for a longer period of day. So what I can suggest to you is, again, I was in your same position. I'll tell you the truth is I actually do enjoy staying up later, but there's nothing like waking up at 5, 530 a.m. Oh, it is so, so peaceful. Good. It's so great. And in time, you will have that same creativity. It won't be usually at 530 a.m., which a lot of people, they get into it then, but it'll be more like a little bit later, a couple hours after waking up, because you've had your time now to yourself. So you don't wake up with that cortisol spike. You don't need to run anywhere because mm-hmm. you're up before the rest of the world. Everyone else yep. is sleeping. Yeah, so it's I do, your time. I, I do so. appreciate that when I have done it. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. It's no one's so texting nice. me. I know, it's great. No one's bothering me. And you're not fighting the natural rhythms of literally life. You know, at night, just like you have your 6 p.m., which is great. At that time, we want to start looking at the sun, actually seeing the sun set. That yep. helps us then produce more of that melatonin and shut down cortisol. Everything in your body is like Chinese medicine is the, the yin and the yang, right? Well, I call it a teeter-totter. It's the same exact thing. What we want to look at is if cortisol's up, melatonin's down, right? So what we need to do is in order to get cortisol down, because cortisol burns out brain cells, all of these different things. Well, if we're looking at the sun, it will actually start to decrease cortisol as we start to get rid of less of that blue light, right? And we start to raise melatonin. We'll be able to sleep better. We'll wake up, like you said, without the alarm clock. You're going to feel better. You're going to be more rejuvenated. Yeah. And if you, I really do feel that as well. If you can get to a place where you can see the sunset, I sleep so much better and I feel so much better the next day if I watch the sunset. Sunset is my favorite time of day. Yeah, this is why I live on the west side. I know. You know she has a beautiful Sunrises view. are amazing as well. <laughs> I mean, if you can catch incredible. both, that's, I mean, that's so great, I, right? That's why I live where I live. And the anchor oh, yeah. that you talked about, your cup of tea is the perfect way to end your day. So yeah. mine is a walk. For me, going for a walk, phone's in the back pocket, I'm not looking at email, any of those things. I'm just walking. I'm focused on my breath. I'm getting back into that deep diaphragmatic breathing, that belly breathing. It just calms down that central nervous system. And then when I get home, I'm also then more present. You know, I have Mm -hmm. two little girls, three and five years old. And when I walk in the door, it doesn't matter what went on during the day. They need my full attention. Of course they do. And so then, you know, it allows me to switch. But if I was checking my email right to the last second and then just got through and I'm bringing all that work stress with me and then... It's not a great transition. And so then that would affect family life as well. So I'm a big believer in anchoring your day. Start your day with the same routine every morning. End your day with the same routine at night. Whenever you can. 
Totally agree. Yeah. I love my morning routine, even if it's a little later than yours. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I promised detox and weight loss tips. So let's go back there a little bit more. And you have your detox shakes, which I am now a connoisseur of. And I will do them a lot of the times while I'm kind of fasting until I decide to eat. It'll be my morning routine. And can you talk a little bit about detoxification and why it's important to incorporate that? Not just like people think, well, we're going to do a five-day detox, but how can we keep our body detoxing sure. throughout the day. Yeah, I think it's really important to understand too what a what a detox is versus like a cleanse and all those yeah, different types of things. So yeah. You know, a detox naturally happens in your body every day. It's your liver filtering your blood. Your kidneys do it as well, but your liver is the main organ. It's right underneath the right side of your rib cage. I'm not just grabbing my rib cage here. Um, and what it does is it takes all the toxins. We're exposed to over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the environment. Uh. It's in the air. It's in the water. It's on the seats that we were talking about. It's literally everywhere, right? So what we want to do is just give our body a little bit more help. That's it. So a functional medicine detox is really the way to help ramp up what's called phase one and phase two detox. And I won't get too deep on this, but basically phase one, your body needs all the B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E, glutamine, all those great things. And then it turns all this fat soluble toxins. That's why a lot of people who are overweight are really over toxic and their, their fat cells actually swell up with toxins. And that's because your body needs a place to put it. So if it cannot remove it right away, it's going to put it in the adipose tissue, which is called your fat. So what happens is that brings water along with it and you literally swell, you look puffy, you look swollen. And so we know that because we can test fat cells. Fat cells, adipose tissue is 300 times more toxic than your blood. So you're not going to find it in your blood because it safely put it away. But what we want to do is as we're oxidizing body fat, as we're breaking down body fat, it then goes into the bloodstream. So it can be harmful if we don't remove it properly. So we have the phase one nutrients, and then what we need are the phase two nutrients that turn this fat-soluble toxin, an intermediary metabolite, to a water-soluble toxin, So the way that we do that is through essentially cruciferous-based vegetables. Mm -hmm. So broccoli especially. So broccoli contains sulforaphane. Now we can ramp it up with a functional medicine detox that can last 7, 14, or 21 days just to give you a kickstart. We'll talk about that. We do that seasonally, right? So you don't have to do it all the time. You do it seasonally just like they talked about in Ayurvedic medicine. So what we do then is we get things that N-acetylcysteine, all of those things that ramp up something called glutathione. And that allows us to then naturally remove it from our body because, again, our bodies do it, not us. We just give it the ability to do it through the the stool, your bowel movements. That's why it's so important to have one to two bowel movements per day. A lot of women that I work with, especially in my practice, they think once or twice a week going to the bathroom is normal. Right. Having bowel movements. They're and clearly not vegan. They're toxic, right? <laughs> uh, and, and our detox is actually, so our, our detox powder is vegan. It's it's just uh, plant-based. And of course, of course, you want to try to limit the amount of toxins coming to your body during a detox, of course. Uh, but the other part is that we eliminate during the stool, through the urine, we eliminate through sweat, and we eliminate through the lungs. So our job on a daily basis, though, is to get all of those going, right? You don't wait for a seasonal detox. Uh, Again, every 12 weeks or so doing an Ayurvedic-based detox also helps to cleanse the body. So we're coming out of winter into spring. Our body's naturally meant to get rid of all that heat, which could then manifest itself as allergies, skin rashes, asthma. And we can do that again through a, a, I mean, what we have is just a functional medicine uh, detox called the Drugs Ball Detox. But again, if you're working with a functional medicine practitioner, you can use a lot of other great brands. The goal is though, is to ramp up liver function. Now a cleanse is different. A cleanse means you're trying to get everything out of your intestines. That's typically what a cleanse means. Uh, we use it in different ways now. Like we have ways, we have like bone broth cleanses. I'm like, how is a bone broth a cleanse? Like I don't, I don't understand that at all. Uh, <laughs> what's the cleanse taking place? Uh, I know an intestinal cleanse where we're using laxatives and we're using bentonite clay and like I can get behind all that, not all the time, but yeah, every once in a while, I totally understand that. So I think there's just a lot of marketing gone wrong right yes. now and it's confusing people because, um, Drinking bone broth is not a cleanse. It's just not. Agreed. 100%. Thank you for saying that. And drinking the Beyonce lemonade diet with maple syrup and lemon is not a cleanse. And so That's not the Beyonce diet. Well, she, she endorsed it. it but or that, endorsed it. Yeah, that yeah. diet's been around. Or that cleanse. Originally called the around. master cleanse. The master right. cleanse. Exactly. And I did it because I didn't know better. And I didn't feel good at all. And it, I don't think it did anything for me except feed my sugar addiction, you know? And so just going back to your detox, I just want to give you a shout out because it is a part of my regular routine now. And you do get to eat 
heat on it. So can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? On and it's and it's good. It's there's a lot of powders that you're gonna mix up in your smoothie, and they may be super beneficial, but they don't taste that good. Yours, is, <laughs> yours, I can stand, and I can mix I it with a little plant based milk, and it's yes. absolutely goes down super easy. Where I've tried so many, where I can't get it down, and therefore I'm not gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, well, that's why the even the the best product, if it's not palatable, it's just not going to work. Yeah, but it's so hard because so we spent over 12 months. A lot of people don't know that uh, we were using another. So I've been using a functional medicine detox practice. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I started using it about eight years ago. And the reason is with autoimmune based, especially if you can really eliminate the bacteria in their blood and a lot of the pathogens and you help ramp up that liver detoxification, they start to feel better very, very quickly. What we found though, was the fringe benefits is people were dropping like five to 10 pounds in a week. We're not saying that it's all body fat. What we're saying is that their bodies were inflamed. Yeah. They were swollen. And so you don't need to hold on to that extra toxic water weight as we call it. So essentially the first two days are four shakes per day. And as we said, they're they're plant-based. And what they do is they help people not to have those Herxheimer-based reactions. So if your body is very toxic and you're oxidizing body fat and your blood now has 300 times more toxins in it, well, the quicker we can get that out of the body, the better. That's all we're saying. And so we do that, but we also do it. It's very specific. So we do four shakes a day. We don't say just do a two a day. Try four because you're doing 20 ounces of water with each shake. Wow. So now what are you doing? You're hyper, yeah, you're you're hyper hydrating your body. Yeah. So now you're flushing your body, you know, better bowel movements. You're going to have increased urination, all normal, right? And then if you can get in the sauna during those couple first days or take an Epsom salt bath, you know, just light a candle, relax, practice some meditation. So beneficial for the body. But then after that, so what we're trying to do is, and again, I don't want to get too deep, but it's something called autophagy. And it won the Nobel Prize. This, this theory, won, it's not even a theory, it's, it's an actual science. It won the Nobel Prize in 2016 in, in medicine. And what it found was that as the body's in a fasted state, it's not getting more and more in, because we're at a very low calorie state for those first couple of days, it somehow it knows, it knows in all of its innate beauty to go after necrotic tissue first, to go after cancer cells, to go after bacteria, to go after dead tissue. And it will do that in a fasted-based state. So again, we're going 12, hour, 12 hours overnight fasting, we're doing the four shakes a day, no whole food, allowing for that energy to start to come back. Then after that, shake in the morning, plant-based, vegan-based lunch, shake mid-afternoon, and then you can do another vegan-based dinner or you can do a paleo-based dinner. I don't uh, know so. how people have room to eat if they're having four shakes a day. <laughs> well, so they don't. The first two days are four shakes, shake. but then after that is two shakes. Oh, two shakes. Yeah. Breakfast and mid-afternoon. I don't know if I have yeah. room in my stomach with two shakes, but that sounds awesome. Well, I would say the average person that is just starting out probably is used to eating more. That's true. That's that's true. That's true. And what we're trying to do is we have to make sure that we get their hydration levels up yes. and the nutrients. So yeah. there's not, I mean, these are not calorically dense shakes, so there's not a lot to digest. They're pre-digested shakes. That's the nice thing about it. And, and it also teaches people that you might be able to do a little bit less caffeine and the importance of water in general, or the importance of just, hey, get rid of the turkey sausage and, and omelets for breakfast, and why not just try a smoothie? Because after the actual detox is over, you can then add berries and, and greens and all the other nice stuff that you might want to just make it exciting. Like you have the opportunity, and this is why it's also great for kids to let them be a part of it and to make it fun. Yeah. Like put some stuff in there that you like. It doesn't have to be a specific smoothie. Put, some, put whatever you want in there. 100%. I'm all in. Oh, good. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap up this Facebook Live. Leslie, we're where can everyone find you online? Leslie Durso on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Chef Leslie Durso on Facebook. Instagram is just Leslie Durso, Leslie Durso on Twitter, Doppel, everything. And Steve, where can everyone find you online, work with you, buy your book, all that yes. good stuff? So my, my podcast comes out daily. It's called The Cabral Concept. It's amazing. I'm obsessed. I don't know <laughs> how you, you do a daily podcast and see your patients. And now you're here with us. I mean, you're, you're doing incredible, a lot. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and th thank you very much. And the, the book is called The Rain Barrel Effect, uh, which you can find on Amazon. So those are the two main spots on social and mainly on Instagram. I love, I really love connecting with the community. And um, I appreciate you, you having me here today. Of course. So excited. Well, thank you guys both so much. See you next time. Facebook and Instagram. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.